Welcome to the Chromosome 18 Europe podcast. This is episode number six, an interview with Eve Rushmer. Hello, uh, my name is Richard Davis and your host and chair of Chromosome 18 Registry and Research Society Europe. In this episode, I'm interviewing our first self-advocate, Eve Rushmer. Hi, Eve. Hello, how are you? Firstly, thanks for being our first self-advocate guest um, who's affected by a chromosome 18 abnormality. So just to start and get us off the ground, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and in particular, which which chromosome 18 uh, abnormality do you actually have? Okay, so um, my name's Eve. Um, I'm 25 years old. Um, I work for a security company um, in London doing uh, business admin. Um, I have 18 Q minus, um, so that's my diagnosed condition. Um, yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. That's great. And um, and your family, uh, you've got a mum and dad who have just met. Or, well, yeah. you have met. I was, you were at the Glasgow conference and this was one of my yeah. reasons for asking you. I Obviously, I was at the Glasgow conference as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got mum who's w- with you? Yeah, so I've got uh, my mum and my dad that I live with um, in Essex and um, I've got a little dog as well called Dudley, <laughs> and um, my sister's moved to Manchester, um, but she comes home now and again. So. Okay, and, and she's, is it an older sister or a younger sister? A uh, younger, younger sister. Yeah. Oh, so you're the oldest one. You're the boss. I am. I'm the. <laughs> I am the boss. <laughs> So, uh, and you live in Essex, is that right? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, when did your parents sort of first find out about that you had some problem, a genetic uh, problem? Was that when you yeah. were born, or was it? Slightly- uh, um. Yes. This this was when um I was born. Um, I was in Great Ormond Street Hospital. Um. And they noticed that I wasn't thriving as a baby and I wasn't doing the things that babies normally do, like walk. And um, it took me longer time to, for example, um, learn my first word. And I still can't ride a bike. So <laughs> oh, That's interesting. Um, because yeah. um, I'm actually trying to teach my son, my son Billy, to ride a bike. Um, mm. But uh, he's tetrasomy, uh, 18p, so uh, mm. it's, it's slightly different than you. But uh, yeah. he's easily distracted. I think is his problem. So he, there is a little bit of a coordination problem, but it's also is it, if he sees something, he has to look at it because then he's not looking where he's going, <laughs> which <Yeah>. doesn't help. <laughs> so, I think with me, it's um, the balance. Yeah. And because uh, of my tremor, it's sometimes hard to balance on a bike. 
bicycle, so um, so have you yeah, tried, that can be different. Have you tried a stationary I, bicycle? I, uh, yes, I have um, tried a stationary bicycle, but it's not I, I used to go to the gym and do the bike machine. Um, it, it's just the ones with two wheels that I struggle right. with. Um, right. yeah. I, I did try um, to ride a bike, but I fell in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the other thing for, for Billy. He's, uh, you know, I've, I think he's got a little bit of a problem just coordinating the pedaling and keeping his feet on the pedals. Oh yes, definitely, and yeah. especially with me because I have curly toes. It's difficult uh, to pedal as well. So what I've got him doing is uh, is indoor cycling, but I've also got him a mm. pair of you know clip in cycling shoes, so his feet are oh, yeah. stuck to the pedals as such. So mm-hmm. my idea is hopefully that that will help him learn how to pedal, and maybe when he tries on a normal bike outside, he might be able to do it. Yeah, definitely. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, obviously, you, you talked a little bit there about, you know, your mum and dad obviously saw that you weren't uh, developing the way mm-hmm. that you should do normally. Um, and obviously then that alerted them to there was potentially a problem. I presume then at that point they went and had, had some genetic tests done. Yes, yes. I, um, sorry. <laughs> I had a heart operation. Yeah, I did have a heart operation when I was younger. I had uh-huh. a hole in my heart. Um, right. So I got that stitched up when I was born. Uh, that was in Great Ormond Street Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and as well as, um, as they noticed that I wasn't developing, um, they did some genetic tests. And then this is where they found that I had a bit of my 18th chromosome missing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Jolly good. And so, you know, that's obviously, I suppose, what you've been told by your mum and dad. What about, you know, your own experience? When did you, you know, maybe when you were growing up, feel that you weren't quite like, you know, the rest of the kids? Yeah, so um, I found this more in primary school. When I first started primary school, um, because I was being very bullied about it, and I just thought, why am I being bullied? Like I'm, I'm normal. In I thought I was normal, um, but obviously I was very different um, to other people. Um, so that's obviously so that uh, you know that's not very nice, is it really? No, of course. <clears throat> but did you feel that maybe there were some things that you you were struggling to do um, compared to other people, or did you? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. In in schools, um, I had extra support in uh, primary school, in secondary school as well. Um, especially with my English GCSE, um, it took me about six times to pass to get a C um, in my English. But I finally got there and I passed and I got a C. So that's all that matters. Great. 
So I suppose that was going to be, you know, obviously apart from the bullying and stuff and everything, you know, so what was, was school like for you? Did you, you know, did some extra challenges, but did you feel you were getting the, the right support and help? Yes, uh, definitely. At school, um, I had a learning support unit um, and they were really helpful and supportive. Um, I remember one teacher um, in the NSU sat next to me and just like we took notes together and we discussed about the class and it it was really really helpful because sometimes I couldn't like it went in one ear and then out the other if that makes sense absolutely I, I know exactly what my son Billy's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah so, um, you know, so you say that, you know, having your teacher, that extra teacher beside you was extremely helpful. And, and was there anything else, you know, that, that throughout your schooling that you thought was, you know, helped you along apart from that? Was there any other aspects? Um, I mean, I, I just got on with um, my coursework and I really wanted to do it by myself like I did want to do it by myself but I I just needed this extra push to get it done um bet your mum was a big help as well (laughs) yeah mum and tutors had help and uh maths tutors as well excellent um so and and I used to do gardening club as well so um, that was a hobby as well. What was your favourite uh, subject then? Ooh, I I did like um, drama when I was younger. Um, I used to do, do drama after school um, in this little club in Billericay. Um, and it was absolutely amazing because they accepted me and... Um, I I really like um, dancing. That's one of my really big hobbies um, to do. So yeah, I was really excited about that. Yeah, great. Now you mentioned earlier, obviously, when you were a baby, you had to have the hole in your heart um, mm-hmm. um, operated on. So have you had to have any other significant treatment uh, apart from that? Um. So. At the moment, um, because my tremor has got worse um, over lockdown, we've noticed that I've got a bit more shaky and um, just like it's, it's gotten worse for me, in my fingers and in my head especially. Um, so we've seen a neurologist about that um, to get Botox. Because that apparently stops or slow slows down the tremor, um, so yeah, it's really interesting. So that's new, and so you had had your Botox already, or you? Um, no, um, I've got an appointment booked um, for this year. Okay. Um, so. So, you know, obviously you mentioned lockdown. I suppose we have to go there and sort of what's what's that been like for you? Have you been denied other sort of services and treatment that you would have had? Um, No, not 
not teaching them, you know. No. Um, and were you were you able to keep working, or was or were you furloughed, or were you? Uh, no, I was very lucky. Um, my company kept me on um, without putting me on furlough, but I am working from home at the moment because I'm in that vulnerable group. Um, but I have had my first injection already. Oh, well done. And that's good. Good news. Well, be, being a bit older, I'm waiting for mine. So fingers crossed, <laughs> mine's is coming relatively soon. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay. But just, I suppose, you know, to, for our listeners as well, you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, you, you worked for a company in London. Did mm-hmm. you have, remind, remind me the company? Um, it's called Bidvest Noonan. Uh-huh. Um, it's, they're based in uh, Dublin and in, in London as well, mm-hmm. where I am usually based in the London head office. Um, You you commute there every, well, you would have done. uh, Yeah, I would have commuted every every day there and back on the train. Great. Um, So lots of early mornings there. (laughs) So, you know, know, for a lot of, you know, never mind, uh, you know, chromosome 18, but for a lot of disabled people, you know, Getting into employment is not easy. Could mm-hmm. could you lead us through that journey for you? How did you did you apply for the job? How did you get into this job? So yeah, it was really interesting actually, um, because I was looking for work experience at the time, um, because I'd just finished college and um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like if I um, I definitely thought that uni wasn't for me, um, just because like moving out of home is gonna be like quite difficult for me. Um, I mean, I am independent, um, but I'm just really nervous of moving out and the whole bills as well and. Just looking after the house as, as well as everything like that. But so, um, with my job, um, I started doing work experience at this company, um, that I'm at now. And the boss just, um, come up to me and said, um, you can have a job here if you want, because they, they really liked me so much, so that was that was really lovely because I felt normal, I felt accepted by them, you know, and they did really support me um, and gave me a really good role in the company. Great. So just roll back a little bit. So was your initial uh, work experience, was that part of your college course or...? Was that something you managed to set up yourself? Um, no, so um, I I set it up myself, um, doing like work experience and just finding things that I want want to do. So, um, for example, I did a apprenticeship at TNT. Um, I did work experience 
doing retail. Um, I've, I've done a lot of things, but I just think with this company, they accepted me and they believed in me. Um, and I actually did um, um, chromosome 18 um, event with them. Um, so that was in, in London. And they had booked a table um, without me knowing. So that was really lovely and to see them all there and supporting me and, you know. That's great. Fantastic. So, and again, just, um, they've, you know, you've been quite clear in terms of they've been very supportive. Have, have they helped you with special training and, and, uh, they help to, you know, upskill you for the work that you do? Has that been, you know, maybe have they done something like what was at school? Have they given you extra time and at oh, yes. training courses? Um, definitely. So, uh, at the moment, um, I'm doing a customer service course and they put me on, which is amazing because I, my job is mainly on the phone and sometimes it's very difficult for people to understand me because of my, um, I have a bit of a tremor in my mouth as well. Um, so sometimes I have to be more clearer um, with my speech. Um, so that's really interesting. Great. Well, I think we all, uh, you know, should congratulate your company on on the work that they've they they're obviously are doing with you. But you know, the acceptance, you know, that's uh, you know, I think it's not that common uh, to find such a progressive uh, sort of sort of workplace. You know. And what's the best bit about your job then, you know? Oh, um, the people, 100% the people. They're so lovely and they they put people first um, rather than the paperwork or anything like that. They put the people first. Um, Great. So you obviously, a bit of fun, is there in the office? <laughs> Yes, a lot of fun. Great, great. And um, presumably, obviously, even within your job, you find things that have been difficult. What, what's, what do you, what have you found is the most difficult thing um, about, you know, uh, starting to work? And... Um, especially on the phone, I felt I find it very challenging um, because some people can be not rude, but they don't understand that I've got this condition and yeah it's sometimes hard to get that across over the phone um, but as I said before I've tried to make my voice clearer and um, more so I use a phonetic alphabet as well um, because I know that. <laughs> so. Well, you know, I have to say from my side, and I'm sure our listeners will say the same, you're certainly very clear, very clear to me. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously the, the, the next few questions I've got are really sort of, I suppose, to help our listeners, you know, some of the parents and maybe some other um, mm. uh, advocates like yourself, you know. But so, you know, what, 
what do you think has helped you most in terms of where you are today? You know, you're a, a young woman, you've got a, a great job working in London, commuting there when, when we get back to commuting, whatever. Um, you know, so what, what do you think has helped you most to get to where you are today? I, I just think the people around me have been so supportive, like, like my family, my friends, um, even my work colleagues, they've been absolutely amazing. Um, and I would just say to anyone out there, um, just achieve your best, because the best is, is the best you can do, you know. And it's um, always do your best. That's what I say. Great. Like always, always achieve. Like always go for it. You know. Don't be scared. <laughs> Don't be scared to push yourself. No. Now, again, you know, a lot of our listeners will be <clears throat> like your mum, be parents of, mm-hmm. of children who who have a chromosome eighteen problem, and some mm-hmm. of them you know, maybe relatively recently diagnosed. And, you know, that's quite an anxious yeah. um, time. You know, they're trying to, um, I suppose, come to terms with that mm-hmm. and to look ahead. And, you know, and I think um, it's yeah. great to have somebody like yourself on because, you know, I think it, uh, you know, for those new parents, it lets them see, you know, the potential of their child. I think you sometimes can get focused on the disability and not think about the ability yeah. Of the person. So, what would what piece of advice do you think you would give to parents of children with a chromosome eighteen? So, I I would just say to any parent out there, it's going to be okay to push your child um, and give them the support that they need to thrive in life. I know it's going to be hard, but you'll get there and just look at me now like I'm I drive a car as well and so I passed my driving test got Fantastic. a car so I'm really independent with that um I've got a job in London and it's the best feeling well I, I know what it's like uh, at the minute my daughter who's who's completely normal well it's as normal as normal can be <laughs> Yeah. She's 18 and she's uh, just learning to drive. So I'm doing the, the dad bit sitting beside her. Um, so, um, yeah, I know exactly what it is uh, about trying to uh, learn to drive. Um, mm-hmm. um, I suppose the other final sort of question really would be about, um, you know, what advice would you have? Uh, any other additional advice for, for you know, uh, Young people like yourself, you know, who have been affected by a chromosome 18, you know, what's the one piece of advice you would give them? Yeah, so um, at, at the conference, when when I went to the conference, it was amazing because I felt like I wasn't the only one with my condition, you know. I had other other friends with the same condition as me. And they are absolutely amazing and supportive. Um, so, yeah, that is really good. That's great. Yeah, no, the conferences are great. And, and as you know, you know, our whole organisation, one of the biggest things that we 
do as our conference because we feel so strongly that I think everybody, so, you know, the affected uh, people like yourself getting together and seeing each other and making lifelong friends, uh, parents getting together, making lifelong friends, mm-hmm. you know, sharing stories, sharing experiences, trying to overcome some of the difficulties. Because as you know, <clears throat> there is a huge range of abilities and disabilities um, across the chromosome 18 uh, spectrum. Um, but we're all one big family. Yeah, we are. And <laughs> that's what I love about it. So, um, yeah, it's really good. And um, I've also done, I don't know if um, Bonnie or Zara mentioned, um, I did a parachute jump in 2018 to raise money for Chromosome 18. And I've also done a 10K run. Wow. For them as well, which um, nearly killed me, but it was it was good fun. It was really really good turnout, and we raised lots of money for them. So I'm very grateful for everyone who got involved with that. So. Well done, well done. Mm-hmm. I've just picked that up on that, you know, we, we, we had a little bit of a joke around riding a bicycle, but obviously you've, you've run a little bit, and you talked about going to the gym, so do you, what sort of exercise, do you exercise regularly then? Oh yes, definitely. Um, I'm doing Zumba at the moment, which um, I really enjoy. Um, you also you mentioned the dancing as well. Yeah, I, I just love to dance, so... Yeah. And um, it is amazing to do exercise and dance at the same time and in lockdown as well. So. Mm. No, I think this, it's a really, really good piece of advice in terms of doing exercise, I think, because there is, again, I suppose, a perception that um, maybe disabled people shouldn't do exercise. It might be bad for yeah. them. And of course, it's actually the reverse, you know, that... Mm. Exercise actually is really helpful and for many people helps to minimise the, the disability that, that they have and, and, and everybody gets enjoyment out of, of exercise. So, yeah, that's great. Well, Eve, uh, thank you very much uh, for your time. And I'm now just going to close and say uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, listening to our podcast. Um, we do try and do something for the 18th of every month and try and get that out um, uh, for our members. Um, so if you have any suggestions as well about other people um, that you would like us to interview, please, please let us know. Until next time. Um, bye, everybody. Bye.